During this pandemic, working from home obviously isn't an option for those of us on the front line working fired EMS. That's what we signed up for. This means that we'll be exposed to all kinds of nasty stuff that's out there and we'll have a direct connection to the thing that's causing the pandemic. But just because we signed up for this and we may get exposed to all that nasty stuff doesn't mean our families should too. When we return home from a shift, we should be making sure that we're protecting our loved ones from the threats in the field. I know everyone has their checklists and procedures for how to go about doing decon after a call, but in today's episode, I'm lining out a checklist that we can keep in mind or even print out in order to make sure that we can protect our homes and families from COVID-19. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want in your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. To be quite honest, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity that I have to even still be employed while all this crap is going on. My heart really goes out to all those people who've been laid off or those who are just starting to look for employment, especially. I mean, it must be so frustrating to try and get hired with a fire department right now during all the social distancing, stay-at-home orders, and whatnot. Those of you out there who are currently fortunate enough to be doing this amazing job, this episode is for you. And honestly, I guess anybody could use this information. Um, I know that you're all probably already doing a great job cleaning up and decontaminating and whatnot uh, before coming home. But this is a special circumstance that I want to make sure you're all aware of and have the uh, information and knowledge to fight what's out there. I'd much rather provide you with knowledge that can help you and your family be protected than keep things like this to myself. So in that spirit, here are some steps you can take in order to protect your home and family from COVID-19 after each shift. Number one, wash your hands. I know, I know, you already know this, but I say it here to keep it at the forefront of our brains, yours and mine. It's a simple but super important step. The act of washing your hands literally saves lives. And when I hear that phrase, I can't help but be reminded of the story of Dr. Ignaz Semmelweis, who back in 1846 championed the idea of washing your hands before you perform surgery 
and help deliver babies. I know it's kind of a random thing, but it literally uh, brought me right back to that story that I learned about going through paramedic school. He made an observation that between two maternity wards, uh, one staffed by all male doctors and medical students and the other staffed by midwives, the one staffed by doctors and medical students had a death rate of almost five times of the midwife ward. The women giving birth as well as the newborns were all dying of fevers and infections. Through his hypothesis and testing, uh, he, he discovered that it, the fact that the doctors and medical students were neglecting to clean their hands was the leading cause of infections. It became clear just how important hand washing was to the medical process. So the doctors and medical students weren't washing hands uh, before they were performing surgeries or delivering babies, and sometimes they weren't even washing hands as they went from patient to patient uh, performing these things. But the midwives were always cleaning themselves, cleaning themselves, cleaning their patients, keeping a sterile environment. Um, I think the most frustrating part learning about this story uh, or these true events was that the, quote, medical professionals would berate and try to discredit him because their ego was more important than the safety of others. They refused to listen to him, and as a result, women and children continued to die. Even today, convincing healthcare providers to take hand washing seriously is a challenge. So don't be the cause of death and illness and wash your hands. Take that simple step, do that simple thing, and help save lives. Number two, use a mask while on duty. If you're reusing a respirator, then make sure you're wearing it right and take special care when you take it off and put it on. Do your best not to touch the front of the mask where like all the contaminants are getting filtered through and make sure you clean your hands after taking it off. Between uses, it should either be hung in a designated storage area or placed in a clean, breathable container like a paper bag. Uh, at my organization, we use brown paper lunch sacks and we keep our N95s in there so that it's still breathable and the mask can dry out, killing any you know viruses or infection or anything like that. Do not keep a used N95 mask in a sealed plastic bag or stuff it in a pocket. Don't do that. The whole goal is to minimize cross-contamination and you want to make sure that the mask can air out. Number three, compartmentalize. Put a storage bin in your trunk or the bed of your pickup and store your work clothes and other work items in there until you're able to do a complete decon at home. Honestly, I wouldn't recommend you bring any clothing or gear home from work. Don't do that, right? Keep work at work and home at home. One of the things that I do is I wear like frumpy PJs to and from work. And then immediately when I get home, I throw them in the wash and get in the shower. And you may feel like a super dork. But wear Crocs. I just got off Amazon the other day and I was doing some quarantine at home shopping and I saw that Crocs are selling like crazy. You know how they tell you like the top sales of the day or like things, most things or the things that people are looking at most? It's Crocs, like all different kinds, mainly because they're easy to put on and take off without using your hands. But they're also made of antimicrobial resin that helps keep you from bringing all those little bacterial bugs home with you. Now, I know that there are a lot of fire service organizations out there who buy Crocs for their 
their people. They buy Crocs for their firefighters and EMS workers um, because of just that reason. They're antimicrobial. They're easy to slip on and off. And you don't want to bring that crap into your station, right? So I would hope that you don't wear the boots that you wore on scene into the station and then walk around in the kitchen or your dorm room or like put your boots up in the recliners. That's disgusting. Take your boots off, like use the Crocs or use day shoes or something to to keep that compartmentalization active at work. Like that's just manners. You should just be doing that anyway. Like I've done that my whole career, uh, not just during this uh, COVID-19 business. But anyway, I digress. Um, I, when you when you come home, take your shoes off, I would even have a small bin by your front door to leave them in. So you can take them off as soon as you get in your house. And if you don't already take your shoes off in your house, like I said, what are you, some kind of barbarian? <laughs> but um, Anyway, basically, everything that came with you to work needs to be deconned. So that includes car keys, phone, wallet, etc. Everything that you bring home, everything that went with you to work that you got to bring home needs to be deconned. Put them in a separate bin so you can wipe them down later. And boy, oh boy, the plastic bin and crock businesses are booming, right? They're doing really well during all this. Number four, limit your greetings. When you get home, empty your pockets, take off your frumpy PJs, put everything in their respective bins, and head straight to the shower. Don't hug the spouse. Don't hug the kids. Don't pet the dog. Head straight to the shower and get all that crud off of you as soon as you can. You could have another bin for your dirty clothes, but I throw them right into the washing machine before my shower so I don't have to touch them again after I'm all clean. I mean, you can dump them into the washing machine after you get a shower, but the less contact with them after you've cleaned off, the better, right? And if they're in the bin, then you can just like, like I said, dump them in there, pour them into the washing machine without even touching them. Number five, spray down. Make a diluted bleach solution or use an approved solution on your Crocs or shoes. And remember, try not to touch them. If you aren't sure what an approved solution is, just make one yourself and put it in a spray bottle. It's a 10 to 1 water to bleach solution. And I'll post a link to how to make that in the show notes. If you're unsure of any of that, um, I believe it's from the CDC. I can't remember where I downloaded it from. But anyway, the link will be in the show notes. Do the same thing with the items that you remove from your pockets, like your phone, your keys, your wallet, basically anything that came home with you from work. Now, the 10 to 1 water to bleach solution will be diluted enough that it, it shouldn't affect, like it shouldn't stain anything. It shouldn't uh, turn anything white or discolor anything. The, uh, the bleach will be diluted just enough, but it's still powerful enough to kill the things that need to be killed. So moving on. Number six, retrace your steps. Retrace your steps to your car. Wipe down any surfaces you may have touched, including door handles, steering wheel, gear shifter, all that stuff, glove box, whatever. Clean the rest of the work items that you may have left in your bin in the trunk or in the bed of your truck. Hopefully you aren't bringing all that much home with you right now, but if you are, make sure that it gets a spray down as well. Wearing gloves during all this would be a great idea. And can any of you guess what the final step is in all of this? <laughs> Number seven, wash your hands. After this whole process is done, it's time to wash your hands again. 
This whole seven-step system is very ritualistic, as it should be. Uh, I do a ritual every time I get ready to go into work. The night before I go on duty, I have a ritual that I go through. Um, and then when I get home from work, I have a ritual that I go through so that I leave home at home and I leave work at work. So if you don't have a ritual, I would highly suggest that you create one for yourselves. And these seven steps can help you get there. If you don't currently have one, use these seven steps as a way to create that ritual you might not already have. Today's episode was short and sweet, but it's got some good steps lined out to keep in mind while all this COVID-19 business is going down. Take a look at the show notes and read about Dr. Ignaz Semmelweis and his plight. It's kind of depressing, but it's very enlightening. If you don't know how to mix a 10 to 1 water to bleach solution, click the link and learn how. I've also included a link to a PDF that you can print out and hang up as a reminder of the process that I've just gone through. If you need that visual reminder, one's already been prepped and made for you. Just click the link, download it, print it out. We're all in this together, and I want to make sure that I'm adding value to your lives by giving you some practical and actionable steps you can take in order to protect your family, because I care about you, and I care about your families. As always, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share these episodes with someone you think should hear them. As we delve deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions or send me some feedback. I'm building this community for us. One way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast community on Facebook. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show. In the near future, I'd like to do an episode that's all Q&A based on questions that are submitted by you. So please reach out and send a direct message to me through Facebook or Instagram. Once I've got a good amount of questions submitted, I'll record an episode strictly dedicated to answering your questions. I'm eager to hear from you all. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. <laughs>